Welcome back to the Corona Cup Battle of the Bands. Today is May 8th. It is a Friday. And uh, we are back with another second round matchup here in our tournament. Um, pitting our one of our number one seeds is uh, in action today. That album is The Dark Side of the Moon from Pink Floyd in the year 1973. All of our number one seeds except this one had a pretty easy time in the first round, but uh, Dark Side of the Moon went into overtime against Billy Joel's Innocent Man, uh, squeaking out a narrow victory uh, for Pink Floyd. Taking on Dark Side of the Moon is the 1968 double album from the Beatles. The official title of the album is just The Beatles, but it is much better known as The White Album. And the White Album swept its way past Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction in the first round by a 4-0 vote. Joining me on the call today is Emma Ross and Charles Allen. Joining me in person is Leanne Cash. Uh, it's been a minute since we could say that. Uh, so I guess that is evidence of progress. So in any case, here we are. Um, opening thoughts on these two albums, if you have any. Uh one is extremely long the other one just feels extremely long um and one of those is better than the other and it was an album that i have mixed feelings toward but ultimately pretty positive and one that i really do not so yeah yeah i felt that despite its length uh i pretty i really liked almost every song on the white album mm. like i i was i was digging even some of the weirder songs i really liked them they were even some songs that i hadn't really heard a lot before i was like yeah I, like like bungalow bill and all that i really liked that song and all that stuff yeah it's it's worth pointing out when we first covered the white album on here it was just me and emma on the call we had write-ins but we were the only ones on the call so I'm looking forward to discussing that album with the two of you, Leanne and Charles. Um, so we'll go ahead and um, get into the the albums themselves. And I guess we'll start with the White Album, since that's where we are. Um, Emma, uh, you want to give us your take? Good, okay. Um, I don't quite like as much stuff as I think Charles said he likes on here, but it's a very long album, so there's still quite a, quite a lot to like. Oh my god. Um, sorry, the cats are fighting. <laughs> um, but there's still quite a lot to like on this album. There's just, it's so long that there's bound to be some garbage. That being said, um, you know, I pretty much liked what I liked before. There are a lot of extremely good songs on here. Back in the USSR is fantastic. It's a good rock song of theirs. Um, Obladi Oblada is annoying, and I fully acknowledge that, but I also grew up listening to it, and I like it. Um, Bungalow Bill is still fun. Still sounds like they're saying Buffalo. Uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. It's not quite as, like, big to me as it is to, I think, a lot of Beatles fans and just a lot of people in general. I mean, it, it's good. I like it. I just don't I'm not obsessed with it. Um, then you kind of go through a few of the meh ones that are fine, but not anything special. Blackbird is probably top two or top um, Beatles songs for me. It's probably between that and Let It Be. Um, mm -hmm. But Blackbird is just beautiful and gorgeous and like 
if we were doing point systems for these albums, it would probably add like 10 points to it just for that song alone. Um, why don't we do it in the road? Oh, Rocky Raccoon is, is fun. It's a very funny song. I like it a lot. And then we have what I believe I um what I believe I described last time as the mecca of Beatles songs, the creme de la creme, the the piece de resistance, the masterpiece, the magnum opus, which is why don't we do it in the road? Um it was a meme song before there were meme songs, and Paul McCartney deserves to go down in history as a musical genius for that song alone. You can discount the rest of the Beatles catalog um, just for why don't we do it in the road. That um, That's the real crown jewel on here. I, I love that song so much. It's so terrible in the best way possible. Um, and scanning on down again, I can't go through every song on here because it would take fucking forever. Um, Helter Skelter, still good. Still prefer the U2 version off of Rattle and Hum. I don't care that Bono is pretentious about stealing it back from Charles Manson. It's a more rockin' version. It's better. Um, so for that reason, I can never get super, super into Helter Skelter from the Beatles, but it's still a good song, and I'm glad that they created it so that U2 could do it better a couple decades later. <laughs> Overall, it's a fantastic album. Um, still, yeah, like, like I said, very long, a lot of slag, slack, whatever on here, I guess, but it's still, and they also do a good job of distributing the good stuff so that you don't just want to hop off and die halfway through. Um, mm -hmm. every time you kind of go through a little episode of like three or four songs that are just, nah, then you get, you know blackbird or you get bungalow bill or you get rocky raccoon or why don't we do it in the road so yeah it, i probably can't call it my favorite beatles album but it's it's up there and it's higher up there than it was before i think that's fair um leanne thoughts um i do have to admit i only listened to two-thirds of this album because i did not realize that there were an additional 10 tracks after the initial google drop down <laughs> Um, but from what I listened to, it seems like there's some really good songs, but there's also a lot of fluff in this album. Back in the USSR is a very iconic song, and apparently there was some drama within the band happening during the recording of both Back in the USR, USSR and Dear Prudence, because Ringo was not playing the drums in that, Paul was. And it's pretty interesting, because apparently Ringo somehow had a big disagreement with the band and stormed out. Mm -hmm. I've heard that story. Uh, Dear Prudence is really interesting. The high-pitched intro, I'm not sure what that was, but it kind of hurt my ears because I was listening to it over headphones. But the bass in it was amazing. Um, Glass Onion, I wrote self-tribute question mark on this because I heard a lot of references to their own music within it. And the line, the walrus was Paul, just cracked me up. Mm -hmm. And the, um, sort of the creepy cartoony outro was kind of cool. It sounded like a dark carnival on, almost. Um, Obladi Obada. I cringe even saying the name. Um, classic piano intro, very recognizable. And it's just too upbeat for me. It sounds like it's 
like you're watching a puppet show when all the puppets are just doing like a shoulder shrug upbeat dance thing to it <laughs> and uh, uh, the lalas in the background get very annoying after a while if you actually pay attention to them it's just so <laughs> repetitive but I must say the brass section that was included with this track was amazing um, weird honey pie. I'm not going to hit every single thing on this because it take forever. Wild honey pie. Yeah, wild honey pie. I can't read my own handwriting. It was so out of tune. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be out of tune or somebody just did not care. Yeah, it's bad. But it was not good. Uh, the continuing story. Um, Yoko's voice just sounds like a child in a children's choir from school trying to sing as loud as they can to get the teacher's attention. <laughs> um, While My Guitar Gently Weeps is a very classic Beatles song, but not one of my favorites. I believe um, George Harrison was the one who wrote the lyrics for that. Well, oh, the yeah. lyrics were very yeah. strong. I just could not get into the instrumental of it, though it was clear that they used a tambourine to keep the beat with the song instead of just traditional drum. Um, okay, this is the last one I'm going to hit in order. Um, Happiness is a Warm Gun was really cool. I miswrote my note here, but there are four different time changes in this song, and it's crazy, and I don't know how they managed to do this. Um... I'm So Tired was really cool. It goes from a ballad into a march, which is very cool. And it accelerandos throughout the entire song, which is pretty neat because being able to keep the entire band in time is very difficult. Blackbird, one of my favorite Beatles songs. I love the acoustic guitar, which is either the toe tapping or the very light drum in the background is very cool. Rocky Raccoon. My mother loved this song. I played it for her because I got into the intro, heard the American accent, and I just like I had I told her you have to listen to this. <laughs> and it was very amusing and I love the acoustic guitar, but overall it just sounds like a country parody song. Yeah. Um Don't Pass Me By was kinda cool because I believe there was a Calliope in it. Which you don't hear very often. It's sort of that carnival high pitched pipe organ -y sound. Mm -hmm. um why don't we do it was kind of repetitive but i noticed like every time he sang through it it was a different phrasing and different feeling of each different line um i will was like a total 360 from why don't we do it it was a very chill song compared to the last couple tracks uh Julia was a pretty chill song. Birthday is overplayed and very catchy, but very recognizable in the same way. Your Blues is, dear lord, very depressing if you listen to it. I think it's the darkest song on this album. And Mother Nature's Son was the last track I listened to because I thought it was the last track. And I love the acoustic guitar in it, which is a very pretty hippie song. Thoughts overall on the first two-thirds of the White Album? Uh, some hits and misses, but their hits are strong. Fair enough. Um, Charles, what do you think? I really liked the album. Uh, I liked... So I would say the only song that I didn't... That I really didn't like was Revolution 9. Oh, dear. Yeah. Just because that... Like, I would even say that I really liked... Um, 
what was it? Wild honey pie. I liked wild honey pie. I thought it was a delightfully bizarre. And, and I do think it's fairly obvious that it was intentionally out of tune like that. when it was just kind of, I don't know. It was like in a dream world. It was, it, it felt like what, if you were like having a weird dream and it, that's what the band would be playing at the like restaurant you were in, in a dream. That's kind of what it made me feel like. I really liked wild honey pie. Um, Bungalow Bill was really interesting. I really liked that song. Uh, I'll say While My Guitar Gently Weeps is maybe my favorite song ever. I I don't know for sure, but I would put it up there with one of my, if not my favorite song by anybody. Mm -hmm. I really like While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Um, But I I can't think of, I really like Glass Onion. I, I thought it was really funny how I don't know. The, the song was like sounded very serious. Like if you didn't know the, the meaning behind what they were saying, you think, Oh wow, this is a, this is a serious song where they're like, Oh, we told you about all this. And it was like, it's really serious. And then, and Paul was the walrus. And it's just like, it's, it's a really silly song, but it's like played straight. And I think that's really funny how it's uh, sung. Mm -hmm. I thought Blackbird was good. I don't like it as much as, some of you fellers seem to. Um, I really liked Rocky. I really liked uh, Piggies. Piggies was a weird song, but I really liked it. Mm. Um, Why Don't We Do It in the Road was dumb, but it, it was. it's kind of like the, I don't know, it, it's very, very Paul McCartney. Like just yeah, the, the way the piano is, the way he's singing. It's it's like, a, it's like a, almost a parody of Paul McCartney. Like it feels like <laughs> something a comedian would do to parody Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. It's like a Weird Al song that parodies Paul McCartney, but I don't know. It was, it was. It's just funny to think that this is like on this legendary album. Uh, I like Birthday, liked Your Blues. Um, everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. That was a good song. Um, I really, really like Helter Skelter. I'm normally not yeah. much of like a heavier metal guy, and that's probably the Beatles' most metal song. And I really like Helter Skelter. It's a it's a very very fun song. I thought Revolution One was kind of weird. How most people know like the like the kind of live version where it's very fast, and that version's very slow. But I still mm-hmm. think it's good. I still think it's a good song, even though it's slower. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Revol- again, yeah. Revolution Nine was pretty much. Such a because that's one of like that's like the second to last song, right? Yeah, yep. There's it's one a, song after it. It's so weird and so long. I can understand if it, it was like a minute long, and they're like, "This is a weird experimental thing we're doing." But no, nah, let's let's do eight minutes of this. Yeah, why not? Um, mm-hmm. I thought "Good Night" was a good way to end the album. It was it was a very pretty song. I liked it. Um, "Savory Truffle" I thought was really good. Um, yeah, I just really liked pretty much every song on this album. It's, 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 everything is very Beatles, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like a lot of it encapsula- encapsulates even like different eras of the Beatles. There's some stuff that kind of sounds like more new age Beatles and some of it kind of sounds like some older age Beatles. It's a, it's a, I, I liked pretty much every song in this album. Fair enough. Um, 
when I look at the White Album, you know, I mentioned this on the last show, and a lot of what I say is going to be a repeat from the last time we talked about this, but I've always kind of, in my mind, I always kind of wasn't super big on this album, always thought it was overrated. And then I listened to it again for the first round, and I really, really dug it. And same thing this time. I'm going to rapid fire this because there are so many tracks. I'm going to try to not spend a lot of time on each one. Um, Back in the USSR is good. Um, Great rock song. Dear Prudence is fine. Not crazy about it. Glass Onion is one of the standouts to me. Um, It's funny. Um, It's interesting. After looking it up, uh, basically it's, John Lennon's rebuttal to all the people that try to read deep messages into Beatles songs, um, which is why there's all the references to other Beatles songs. And he's saying that people look through a glass onion as opposed to like a crystal ball or something, but very cool song. And I love, like Charles said, it's stupid, but it's played straight and excellent. Obladi Oblada is happy, stupid Beatles. That's fine. Wild Honey Pie was irritating, but it wasn't long enough to really piss me off. If it had gone on for two or three minutes, I'd have been sick of it. Um, Continuing Story of Bungalow Bill is fun and dopey and weird and nothing really wrong with it. Um, And then we get to While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And the biggest thing that jumped out to me here, because I love the song, I think it's one of the best songs they ever did, definitely like... I think it's my favorite song in the career of George Harrison um, pre with or without the band. I think it's his best song he ever wrote. Um, And I noticed this, that if you're listening through it on a, I think it's this way streaming, but it's definitely this way on vinyl. There's a little break in between the two songs where you hear a, Hey, yo, just kind of out of nowhere. And that for some reason stuck out to me as like, we haven't heard anything from George yet. We've just heard a lot of kind of goofy, dopey, stupid Beatles stuff. And then, Hey, yo, here's George with his masterpiece while my guitar gently weeps. Um, after that, we get to happiness is a warm gun, which I really liked. Um, Martha, my dear, I said this before, I'll say it again, feels very wings. It feels like something Paul would have done years later after he left the band. Um, I'm so tired. I don't really remember it. Blackbird is a masterpiece. It's very pretty. It's very cool. It's not absolute top tier for me in Beatles songs, but it is excellent. Uh, Piggy's not a fan. Very weird. Very unusual. Um, and I usually really dig George's stuff. Um, he's probably my favorite Beatle, but this song let me down. Um, Rocky Raccoon is funny and clever and stupid and fun. It's, uh, it occurred to me, you know, a lot of people like to compare the Beatles and the Stones. Uh, one thing that the Beatles certainly excel at is their dopey, silly country song. (laughs) Notedly better than most anything the Stones have done in the realm of country music. Um, Don't Pass Me By is really good. Um, I love that. It's, that and Octopus's Garden are the only two songs Ringo ever wrote for the Beatles, and I think they're both excellent. Um, Why Don't We Do It in the Road is stupid and funny, and I love it for that sense. I Will is okay. Julia is super pretty. And then we get to Birthday, which is tons of energy. Just We go from the kind of pretty last couple of songs to Birthday, which is full of life. 
Um, and yeah, it is overplayed, but I enjoy it. Um, your blues was excellent, man. I did not know John Lennon could play a straight blues rock badass song and do such an excellent job of it. I really like that one. Um, Mother Nature's Son is fine. Everybody's Got Something to Hide is good. I enjoyed it a lot. Sexy Sadie is bland. Helter Skelter is awesome rock and roll. Very strong proto-metal from the Beatles. I don't give a damn about you two. Um, long, long, long. The only thing I took away from it is that it is an apt description of this album. Um, <laughs> Revolution 1, I used to hate it, and it's grown on me. Um, it's just a different version of Revolution that we all know and love, and it is good. It's just different. Um, from that point, I feel the album kind of takes a nosedive. Honey Pie, Savoy Truffle, Cry Baby Cry, I don't really remember very much of them. Revolution 9, I went on an extended profanity-laden tangent about this song, if you can call it that, on the last White Album episode. I'm not going to waste your time here. Just let it be known that I hate Revolution 9. It is one of, like, I venomously hate it more than almost any other song I've ever heard um, because it is not music. Um, if you want a good laugh, look up Revolution 9 on Wikipedia. Whoever wrote the article literally goes out of their way to avoid referring to it as a song. Um, I feel like so you ghost laugh. wrote this. You ghost wrote it. Now you're just trying to get us all to read it. No, hey, uh, I don't have anything to do with it. I stumbled upon it last night and laughed my ass off. Hey, Jake, nah. have you ever heard of the song uh, Four Minutes and 33 Seconds? No, I don't think so. So the song Four Minutes and 33 Seconds uh, is a song that is performed by going up on stage and standing silently for exactly four minutes and 33 seconds and then leaving. Well, that would be better than Revolution 9. That, um, <laughs> it's a real song, then, though. It was written in like I, the 40s or something. I believe you. Um, and then Good Night was fine. I was just after eight minutes of garbage. I was just ready for this to be over. Um, but good night was a fine ending. Um, very solid album altogether. Um, could be as high as third in the Beatles catalog. Um, it could also, depending on who you ask, be as low as fifth, but, uh, I do think it's excellent. Um, we're going to shift here, uh, shift gears here. Look at dark side of the moon. Um, I know we have some hot opinions on this one, so Emma, take it away. Um, still a cult, still the ninth cult emblem, still the talisman of middle school hipster shitbags everywhere. Um, that being said, yeah, I don't have a ton new to say about it. Um, Money was the song that I was familiar with before the first round that I still obviously am familiar with now, and it's fine. Um, it's probably one of the least of the Pink Floyd songs that I did know going into this because having listened to all three albums on the bracket from Pink Floyd now, I, I knew a lot more than I thought I did. Mm -hmm. But very little of it is on here. And probably all of my least favorites of the stuff I knew is also on here. Not that Money is even a bad song. It's just not that good. Like, it's it's fine. It's just not really my thing. And I said that before. It's not... It's not my thing, the kind of, you know, just 
oh, it's noise, but it's noise with a meaning. And, you know, you just don't get it. You got to be in it to really get it, you know? And yeah, I, I don't care. Miss me with that because I feel no need to really get this. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't really seem worth getting. I don't see what but the big deal is. it's capitalism, man. Oh, it's capitalism. I don't need an album for that from the, whenever this is from the 70s, I can, you know, I can look at the news. Um, and The, the military news industrial complex. I can, I can read the news faster than I can listen to this album, and that's, uh, that's my governing principle here. Because, um, you know, I have to save so much time for all the stuff I have to do right now. Um, probably my favorite probably my favorite on here is us and them it's not a strong favorite but i do like it probably better than anything else on this album um i i don't really have a good explanation as to why it's just kind of a nice relaxing song to listen to mm-hmm. um so you know take take from that whatever you will i also i do like on the run on the run is good um but yeah i don't know i just it's not not my scene the album cover is beautiful i really like it and you know if i wasn't so in principle against this album at this point i'd probably want it on a t-shirt but i can in good conscience do that when i don't actually like the album and i don't like what it represents um but that being said like i i do i understand why people like it i just don't understand why they like it as much as they do and Mm -hmm. it's still just a lot of noise that I was not really interested in hearing. Yeah. And especially when it's compared to something as good as the White Album, or at least the White Album having as good of stuff as it does, even with its duds. Like, yeah, it's it's a very abrupt transition, and it's not really a welcome one when you go from White Album to this. Fair enough. Um, Leanne, what'd you think? Um, I don't know. I really don't retain much from this album other than time and money because of their very iconic intro. But since I have my notes in front of me, I can recall some of it. Um, Speak to Me, the static with the heartbeat drum was very neat with the um, money reference that comes in later is very cool. And Breathe just feels like comfortably numb, but in an alternative universe. Um, on the run sounds like an old video game, like an eight bit video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the laughter that was towards the end, it sounded like it was coming through an old radio, was sort of unnerving. Uh, time had the classic clock intro with the grandfather clocks and the metronomes and such. Um, had an amazing electric guitar in it, and but a really long intro, which is at no fault of its own. It's a good intro. And I love the bass throughout the song. I love bass, be it stand-up or electric. I enjoy them immensely. The great gig in the sky, the spoken intro, intro, intro um, was cool. And um, whoever was the vocalist was amazing. Very strong belts and just a good overall sound quality. Mm-hmm. Um, money. Uh, very cool. It had the cash register intro that everyone knows it that knows from this album. Loved the bass in it. It was very groovy sounding. And the song 
the lyrics were more like poetry set to music. It didn't have a very traditional song set up to it. But the saxophone in it was amazing. Um, Us and Them, the saxophone is continued on into this track, which I loved. Um, and a lot of effect, um, echo effect was used. I've noticed this pretty common theme throughout this album. They use a lot of um, post-editing effects to enhance some of the trance-esque drug-induced haze that is this album. Um, and the drum and the cymbals were really cool. They um, set up its own beat and didn't just rely solely on the beat of the bass of the drum, so it brought out a little bit of brightness with the cymbals. Um, any color you like, um, great keyboard throughout it, but there was a really weird post effect on the guitar, and I'm not sure what it was, but it was distracting from the actual sound. Brain damage is really cool. The finger picking on an electric guitar I haven't heard before outside of this album, and the uh, backup singers were like, sound like a full choir, which was very interesting. And, um, Eclipse was a great wrap-up to the album. The, um, whole idea of Eclipse is something overlapping another, which is very interesting, so it sort of fades over into Dark Side of the Moon, which fits with the title, the whole space idea. Um, the studio noise at the end was very interesting, because it sort of gave you a little bit of a look into the actual band itself, and I couldn't really decide if the ending was sad or happy, so I think it was sort of more like a melancholy, like it's they're sad that it's ending, but it's going to end either way. Fair enough. Thoughts all together? I think this album had more hits per... I think it had more listening quality than the White Album, and I enjoyed it because of that. Fair enough. Uh, Charles, thoughts on Dark Side of the Moon? Okay. I really liked Dark Side of the Moon. Um breathe is like a you know it's, it's very i don't know breathe is a very much so when you think of pink floyd it's a it's a very classic pink floyd song uh on the run i have quite a bit to say about on the run on the run is i don't know it's it it it, it puts so many images in my mind when i listen to it it's like i don't know it's with the really like upbeat the thing and then there's the big loud like doppler effect of the big like almost angry sounding doppler effect going across with a broom and for me that that makes me feel like i don't know it's like i'm on a lsd trip standing by a highway with big semi trucks going past me that's what it it, it made me feel like i don't know that that was the images that on the run put in my head you know does anybody else get that? Yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying, for sure. You know the, how there's that big like Doppler effect thing in it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that was what I got, because it, it sounded like there were big cars going past me with it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it was kind of like distorted, so it made me think of like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm in some sort of trip. I'm on drugs or something, so everything sounds distorted. Um time on its own is probably my favorite pink floyd song honestly i really like time just as a song to listen to once it gets into the song i don't know i I feel like i'm alone on that most people they wouldn't say time is their favorite but i really like time i've listened to time a lot um 
the great gig in the sky is a classic song and a fantastic name. I love that name for a song. Mm-hmm. And the, the vocals are very powerful and very emotional and, and feels like someone poured their heart and soul into it. And I really, really liked it. Uh, Money is, is a good song, of course, with its big intro, much like time, except instead of clocks, it's cash registers. Um, I liked Money is a good song. Not actually, it's not one of my favorites on this album, but I did like Money. It's just not something I have super... I don't know. I'm more I, I, I more vibe with uh, Pink Floyd's more like existential things rather than like whenever they talk about money and capitalism and all that. Ah, I don't really care about that. But the more existential like life things Pink Floyd talks about is more interesting for me. Um, brain damage, I thought was really good. I really like brain damage with the lunatic being on the grass. Um, uh, I thought Eclipse was a really, really good song on its own to end the album i just i think i don't know i I feel like it's a very well composed as a whole album as a piece i feel like the songs fit very well together i really Mm -hmm. like i really like dark side of the moon i think it's a really good album yeah you know i um you know i i voted for it last time around and um in the the time since then I've kind of grappled with that decision a little bit um, because I've never been the craziest fan of Dark Side of the Moon, but I do think it's notably better than the album it was against then. That being said, I think um, coming into this, you know, I fully expected to, you know, listen to these both and walk away from it steadfast as ever in my determination to oust dark side of the moon from the bracket and uh, anoint the white album into the third round well then i listened to dark side of the moon and i liked this a lot more than i expected i was going to um there's a lot of just it's it's a different sort of album it's it's there's just a lot of artistic um design to this breathe is pleasant speak to me breathe are kind of the same and and i do enjoy the decision of building that tension up in the very beginning till you hit the scream and you release the big scream right into breathe and now it's pretty and it's just very interesting the way that was done on the run i didn't care for i get the sonic elements of it and how it's kind of interesting but strictly for the pleasure of listening, I really didn't get much of that. Um, time is very good. It's a top-tier Pink Floyd hit. Um, clock intro. I feel like on the run, if you're not super paying attention to it, can kind of lull you into a bit of a trance, and then you get shocked back to life by the clock noises. Um, and time is, is very cool for that. Um, it feels very dark and brooding too before it gets to the lyrics. Um, great gig in the sky. I really like, um, the vocals are excellent. Um, very strong vocals from, uh, Claire Tory. That's her name. The guest vocalist there. Um, money is a classic. Um, the cash register noises are iconic and the baseline is one of the best baselines I've heard anywhere in rock and roll. I will put that up there with the best of them in that respect. 
Um, money goes real nicely into us and them, both of which use the saxophone heavily. Money, it's more of a rock sax. It's very jazzy on us and them, which is just pretty and you can just kind of fade away with it. Um, even so, it'll wake you up periodically with those big, loud, vibrant choruses. Um, and I think it's a very interesting listening experience there. Um, never was crazy about instrumentals from Pink Floyd. Um, so any color you like was, I didn't expect to be my thing, but I liked it more than I expected. It kind of kept the overall uniformity going on, and it's it's more pleasant to listen to than on the run. Brain Damage and Eclipse are kind of a unit. Um, classic uh, Pink Floyd. Weird, creepy, kind of unnerving. Um, but Eclipse is a great way to call this to a close. Hits with the big key change, and you get all the you know, interesting repetition of the lyrics. And then it ends with the, uh, the last little couplet of lyrics there. Um, the sun is eclipsed by the moon and we're back out to heartbeats. And if a person wanted to, they could loop this album all the way through and it would not really ever break anywhere, which is a really interesting way to develop an album. So much better than I thought I was going to, think of it very solid um still not my favorite floyd album but solid effort for sure um let's vote uh emma although i know <laughs> your vote i i will say that i don't want my pretty vehement dislike of dark side of the moon to be misconstrued as hatred of pink floyd because i don't hate them and if this bracket has shown me anything it's that i like them more than i had originally thought i did um and for that reason the other two albums on here are so much better to me and they're just a version of pink floyd that i like better i'm not saying the dark side doesn't have any good points because it does but when I compare it to the White Album, which even if I do like Pink Floyd, the Beatles are someone that I like a lot more overall. And in addition to that, since, you know, we're supposed to look at individual albums and not artists, um, the White Album has so many amazing Beatles songs on it, including one of my favorites and some others that are just very, very good. Um... You know, just a lot of stuff that will stay in their catalog of favorites forever. And when I, I don't know, when I compare the amount of fun I have listening to the White Album, even with the extra fluff in there, um, to The Dark Side of the Moon, which really doesn't make me feel much of anything at all, it's really no contest. And this is something I would like to advance for the Beatles. And there are two other albums for Pink Floyd that I think deserve a place in the third round a lot more than this one does. I think that's fair, Leanne. I have to say about the same thing as Emma, I am not a big Pink Floyd fan, so I sort of came into all of their albums blind, except for I knew Comfortably Numb and a couple other hits. But coming into the White Album, I knew at least four of the tracks from this that were big radio hits and songs that I just enjoyed on my own. So I'm going to vote for the White Album just because they had more hits per album. Though I must say they had a lot more tracks on it than 
um, Dark Side of the Moon, so there's sort of a different ratio effect there, but I think the White Album was a stronger album despite all the fluff and bullshit that went on it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Charles? Uh, this is a much tougher one for me than it is probably for any of you. I really, really did like Dark Side of the Moon, but I mean, it's the Beatles, man. It's <laughs> it's really hard to beat the Beatles. It's really hard to beat the White Album. I gotta go with the White Album. Yeah, I I can hear the conflict in your voice, though. Yeah, it's um royal. Yeah, I. You know, I, I think um, I think I expected this to be just a, a, a smackdown of a contest. But um, Dark Side of the Moon put up a hell of a bigger fight for me than I expected it to. And while I, while I maintain what I've said for a long time, that it's one of the most overrated albums ever, I do think it is still very good. I don't, I wouldn't even, it's not the best Pink Floyd album. I wouldn't even say it's the second best Pink Floyd album. But it is just very solid. It's, it doesn't deserve to have the momentous praise that it receives, but it isn't bad by any means. Um, the White Album, on the other hand, is really good. And there's a lot of stuff on there that is, you know, a lot of stuff that's weird. Um, but the biggest takeaway I had from listening to the White Album was that I gained a new respect for John Lennon listening to this. Um, not that I didn't already have some respect for John Lennon as an artist, but that he's... Uh, I feel like Lennon saved this album because all of the weird deep cut stuff, like just kind of thrown around the middle, stuff like Happiness is a Warm Gun and Glass Onion and Your Blues are all his compositions and his vocals. And yeah, excellent showing for him. Um, Paul and George, on the other hand, had a lot of stuff that was just kind of bland or weird. Uh, not to say there wasn't excellent stuff as well, but yeah, I think White Album's just, it's a total package. And if you really want a Beatles experience, this is an excellent place to turn. So that has my vote. Um, White Album sweeping 4-0 yet again into the third round. Uh, we'll advance into the Sweet 16 to take on Cosmos Factory. And that is going to be one interesting, interesting situation. Because neither one of those albums has a single vote against it in this tournament. Um, so yeah, the White Album moves on to the third round. Uh, thank you again to my excellent panel. And uh, we will be back tomorrow for another installment in the second round of the Corona Cup. Thank you again, and rock on, my friends.